Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. House Rules doing hour number three of the Fan Evening Show. Josh Taylor here with you till 1030. That just put me in a great mood. Especially since we're about to talk some football. We're going to talk Steelers. We'll recap Indianapolis. Plus, I want to re- I want to preview this upcoming matchup with Atlanta. And to help me do that, the host of the Locked On Steelers podcast, he joins me quite a bit here in this space, has a new episode of the Locked On Steelers podcast, which you can listen to right now on the Odyssey app, featuring yours truly. It dropped earlier today. Chris Carter joins me right now on 93.7 The Fan. Chris, good evening. What's up, Josh? How you doing, man? Brother, I am good as always. Good to talk to you here. And you and I talked a lot about the offensive line on that episode of the Locked on Steelers podcast that dropped earlier today. I want to talk to you specifically about this game and the quarterback position because we talked a little bit about Kenny Pickett, but I want to talk about one play in particular because you and I have been talking about how, you know, there needs to be some specific, you know, consistent growth and development, but we thought it has been there over time. There was one play that I saw last night or I should say Monday night, in Indianapolis, that once you got a better understanding of it after the fact, you go, okay, that's where he's starting to figure this out. In the red zone, Steelers trying to come back and take the lead. They call a running play. Benny Snell scores a touchdown. We found out afterwards, Kenny Pickett's the one that came up with the idea for that play because of something he saw in the game. He saw the fact that the Colts had struggled with him running the football. He figured, hey, Let's run a zone read here. They'll probably key in on me. That'll give Benny Snell an open lane. That's exactly what happened. Your thoughts on that play in particular, how that unfolded, and how that situation speaks to what Kenny Pickett has been doing in the past couple weeks? I mean, that also speaks to to just who Kenny Pickett has been in my time covering him. I cover him at the University of Pittsburgh as well. And uh, Kenny's a guy, he's a thinker. He's a guy that studies the game very well. He pays attention to tendencies. He doesn't necessarily beat you with having the strongest arm or the fastest legs. He beats you with trying to figure out what you're doing and trying to counter that as best he can and attacking those weaknesses. You know, when when I heard that, I wasn't all that surprised. I was like, you know what, that sounds like a Kenny Pickett thing uh, to be able to see that on the field, make the, you know, talk to the guys and be like, hey, let's give this a shot and then it working. You know, I think, you're seeing the base level of that right now. You're right. He called it. He was like, hey, let's call it zone read. Let's get the ball out of my hands. Let's, let's, let's get in this situation. But the Kenny Pickett that I think the Steelers will eventually see that will make him their franchise quarterback is going to be the guy that sees that sees something, but it'll be a pass that will be available to them 20 yards downfield. It'll be a play-action call that this is going to take, take advantage of a tendency that he saw on tape. This is, there, there's so much flying in the face of rookies when they're adjusting to the NFL that it's tough to, to, to settle down kind of calm the moment and fight their way through the storm and figure out this is the exact thing I need to do in that moment. But Kenny Pickett doing that as a quarterback, as a rookie, I think it's a good sign. Now, I, I think as time goes on, you're going to see him do it more and more. The key is to, to, to get it done in the passing game. I think that, you know, this is a very good sign for him moving forward. I'm not all that shocked. Um, I will say it, but it, is a, it is a very good thing for him to be doing that in his rookie season. I expected more of this to happen, uh, more so in his second season, once he had kind of adapted to both the NFL and his new playbook. 
Now, something else that sticks out to me, and I wrote about this in my column today on CBSPittsburgh.com, is that we've seen a slow, steady progression with the numbers as far as the, the results with Kenny Pickett. He's had increasingly better passing ratings each of the last three games. That continues to work its way up. I think it was 79, 85, and then 88. So we're seeing that move upward. And another thing that we're seeing, he's cutting down on the turnovers. No interceptions in the last three games. 100 passes thrown without an interception. To your, to your, you know, to your knowledge, to what you've seen, his decision making and the way to avoid mistakes. How much has that progressed in your mind? Uh, it's definitely progressing. I think he's he's starting to settle down and not rush some of his decisions. I feel like he he felt like it might have been rushed early in the year. Uh, he gets happy feet a lot less uh, a lot less frequently and a lot later in a play. Like he doesn't do it as much until it, you know he might need to kind of get get out and get moving. Um, and all of that comes with experience. You know, this is just. Um, this was just time that they, uh, you know, this is just time for them to, uh, to time for the rookies to adjust to the NFL. This is, it, it, it all takes, you know, time for this stuff to develop. You know, you go back to TJ Watts rookie season, you know, he had a couple of spurts, but he didn't have the complete kind of year that we know he eventually uh, was able to, to have. I think Kenny Pickett, I'm not saying he's going to play at TJ Watt level, but I think he's a guy who can adjust to the NFL as more time goes along. But again, this is just natural progression. The people who thought that pro ready meant simply meant, oh, yeah, he should be, he's ready to come in and just, you know, put like Patrick Mahomes. You know, he can just do that. No, that's not what that meant. And, you know, it just meant, hey, he's going he's gonna to be able to adapt, kind of deal with the NFL, and be able to come back out and kind of spit, uh, you know, you know, figure out things that he's, figure that he's seeing right in front of him and take advantage of what's there and learn to adapt that to part of his game for the, for the future moving on in his career. And I think he's doing just that. You know, one thing that I think you see with Kenny Pickett, he loves to get to his fundamentals. He loves to, to, to study a whole lot. He's a football, you know, you know, monster. He, he loves to just keep watching it. He's a student of the game. Those are the type of things that usually turn out really good players later out in their career. That's who I think Kenny Pickett is. Uh, he was that for Pitt. I think he's working on. He's a rookie version of that for the Steelers. But that's what's going to get things moved forward. So yes, I have seen progress. It's still not all the way there. You know, he's still missing guys that are sometimes open, whether it's a uh, you know an inaccurate throw or just not seeing them in his read. But as time moves on, those progressions will be added to his game. I, I'm fully confident in that because I've seen him do that at Pitt. There were times early in his Pitt career I thought that you know uh, he could have done better with some of the way he was seeing the field. But by the time he was a senior, even the first time he was a senior in 2020, um, you know I, he he was the guy that was seeing the field really well, taking what was there often. Uh, you know I think he was just in a, an offense that had a lot of drop passes, and then that that final senior year when they won the ACC title. Uh, I think he had one of the better, he had the best receiver in football in Jordan Addison, and he had some really good... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you... You can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Complimentary weapons in Casey Mack and Jared Wayne uh, and Lucas Kroll and Gavin Bartholomew and that those guys were able to, you know, haul in the passes that he was seeing to take advantage of defenses. So he's making progress. I think Steelers fans just got to understand there's a long way to go when it comes to this kind of progress. 
Chris Carter, host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. You can check out the today's episode with yours truly. That dropped earlier today. And if you want to find that episode, follow him on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Also follow us at 93.7 The Fan. Twitter brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Peters Township or visit them online at southhillsjeep.com. Chris, I want to shift over to the running back position. Najee Harris goes down with that abdominal injury. They go to Benny Snell because there was no Jalen Warren available. They go to Benny Snell. Benny Snell. They go to Anthony McFarland. Those guys got the job done also in the run game. It was the first time the Steelers had four players rush for 30-plus yards in a game since 1999, and that was my first year of college. So that tells you a lot about how long <laughs> it's been since we've seen this team do that well in the run game. But my question to you moving forward Jalen Warren says he's cleared to play next week against the Falcons. We're not so sure yet about Najee Harris, but the thought of maybe a Jalen Warren plus Benny Benny Snell plus Anthony McFarland, do you like the opportunity for the Steelers' run game to still carry forward even if Najee Harris can't go on Sunday? You know, I I think this is a good chance for them to do it. The Falcons don't have one of the better run defenses in the NFL right now. Uh, Grady Jarrett's a tough guy, and they, I think Rashad Evans, they, they, have, they have guys up front that are challenges. But I think a part of it's what you and I talked about on uh, the Wednesday episode of Locked on Steelers. You know, Mason Cole in that offensive line for the Steelers has been better, and it's kind of made it easier for whoever is in the backfield to play a pace. I also think, and, you know, uh, you know Benny Snell and the, and the Steelers running backs talked about this, Najee Harris has helped kind of be a leader for that group. He's kind of set a tone. It's like, hey, we have to do this. And I think you're seeing some of the progress that he's made with the offensive line. They've kind of made with him. You know, Benny Snell, when he was with the Steelers, even when they had a good offensive line uh, before they started to tear it apart, he wasn't making the cuts. He wasn't making the reads. This group, you know, this isn't the best Steelers offensive line we've seen in the past four years, but they are, they, they are, they've made some improvements. And with them, the rest of the running backs seem to understand where those improvements are. And that's something we didn't see in years past. Uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, even when Ben Roethlisberger was kind of quarterbacking things and able to kind of be the leader on the field for them. So uh, I think there's a yes, it's a good sign that this offense, and especially this run game, will be able to carry forward and see progress against the Falcons. And I think this is also an opportunity for the offense as a whole to make, you know, significant strides and show, hey, you know, that was one of the better better ranked defenses in the NFL they faced last week. The week before that, they scored up 30 points against the Bengals. The week before that, they played they played the Saints and had their first 20 point game. Now you're facing a Falcons team that that struggles on 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 the on both sides of the ball, but especially on defense, they haven't stopped the run consistently. They've given up big chunk plays in the past in the past game. I think this is an opportunity for the entire offense to kind of wake up and say, "Hey, Let's play to the level that we all think we can and put up some real points on somebody. Now let's flip it to the other side because Atlanta's run offense is actually pretty good. They're second most yards in the league. They've got three different guys that can do it between the quarterback, Marcus Mariota, you got Cordero Patterson, and you got Tyson uh, Algier, the running back as well. But you got the Steelers defense that's not only sixth in yards allowed, they're also sixth in yards per carry allowed too. And it's one of those things you and I talked about. The Steelers' run defense doesn't get talked about as much, as much of an improvement as they've made. Can they keep that continuing to go, too, where they're limiting the run, forcing teams to go third and long, especially when, you know, one of Mariota's biggest weapons, Cal Pitts, he's out for the rest of the season after MCL surgery. Can they keep this going with limiting the run and forcing teams to try to have to play that long game and get after the quarterback? I think they can. I think that the, the, as long as their guys are healthy, that's a big part of what they need going forward. You know, even if T.J. Watt's not the superstar version of T.J. Watt, it's obviously still, still dealing with some sort of an injury uh, with that torn pec situation. 
But his presence out there is helping limiting the run. It's helping take the pressure off Cam Hayward, off Larry Ogajobi, off Alex Highsmith, and even Malik Reed, who, when he came in in sparing situations, you saw him be more effective in smaller sample sizes. So, uh, and, and when all those guys are winning up front, it makes the job easier for Devin Bush and Miles Jack and eventually Robert Spillane to come up and help against the run. And even you saw guys like Terrell Edmonds and Arthur Mollett getting in the, into that mix. I do think this is a game that the Steelers can, can do. And I think it, part of it is because this Falcons, uh, this Falcons offense, they, their strength is running the ball. They're the fourth best rushing offense in the NFL when it comes to yards per game. And they're going to be able to try to establish the run first. Uh, you know, there's always times that the teams could come out and try to trick you. They could kind of trick out and try to run play action. Uh, the, the, the Colts tried that this past week and in the first two plays it led to a breakup of a breakup of a pass by Levi Wallace and then an intersection of a pass by James Pierre. And you can see it led to bad results for the Colts uh, and gave the Steelers a solid start to the game. Eventually, the, the Colts found their, their, their footing after a kick return that, that got them in good field position. But I think if the Falcons, if they come out and they run at the Steelers, it's going to be a strength-on-strength strength situation. And whose strength wins out? Uh, I'll be curious to see who wins that matchup. But if the Falcons try to get cute and try to throw the ball, I think the Steelers, you'll see them as ready as they were last week. Uh, you know, and, and to, to take advantage of that moment. So, yeah, I, I, I give the I give the Steelers an edge in this in this in this uh, with their run defense. I think that they're able to kind of offset the, the Falcons' offensive line, get to Cordero Patterson and places Tyson Algier, and uh, make some plays in the backfield. Chris, we appreciate the time as always. We'll do it again soon, brother. Yes, sir. Thanks, Josh. Chris Carter, host of the Locked On Steelers podcast, and I'll reiterate once again the. Wednesday edition of this week's podcast with yours truly. You can listen to that on the Odyssey app. You can also get that on YouTube as well. Actually looked pretty good on the video on YouTube. I got to admit, I had shirt and tie on like with the pullover. I just come back from doing a basketball game. I was still, you know, I was suited and booted. I look pretty good. I got to admit. So you might want to check that out. Just saying. Anyway, (laughs) we got to take a break. When we come back, I want to get a little bit deeper into the conversation I had with Alex Stump about the Pirates and free agency and what I can see happening. And and this is based on, this is based on the very thing I talked about when Ben Charrington first came here. Here's why I don't have much surprise about the plan they're trying to put together. And it's based on what I expected from Ben Charrington when we, when he first got here, we'll do that when we come back. Bill's going to have headlines on the way before we get there. This is the Fan Evening Show, Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan.